It's never too late to talk about it. Or we might talk yes. about pulling out. Sweet and warm, that's me. Kinda that's like that. me. Welcome back. Yo, this is your boy Gilligal, and this is Common Combo. Let's talk about sex. This is an engaging series about sex, healthiness. I can't get it out of my mouth. I think I've been doing this. Um, a little too much. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna figure it out, right? He's talking so, about the word healthiness. healthiness. Yeah. <laughs> healthiness. If you couldn't get it out because it wasn't a real word. <laughs> <That's what laughs> I was like, we're gonna talk about healthiness. Because I'm surrounded by all this gloss and glitter and mm. beautyness, right? It's, it's yeah. so many people around and me that's beautiness. so kissable. Don't let him fool you. He was in the makeup chair also. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of, uh, what's your, your shade? Oh, I got a stripper name now. Yeah, you do. It's, oh, you what do. What was it? Nude? In the nude. Yeah, so it's Gelly Gelly in the nude. Gelly Combo, combo, common combo. Let's talk about sex. Y'all ain't got your cluster. Rosie, right? So if you tuned in before, if you're on YouTube for the first time or you listen to us where you hear podcasts, know that this particular series is truly about talking about sex. All the things that we don't talk about, all things that we should talk about, and exploring how we can do what? Be more intimate, be more vulnerable. Um, But this And safe. Yes, safe is a beautiful thing. And this series, right, this is our third episode, mm-hmm. and we're going to be talking about consent today, mm-hmm. but specifically to women, mm-hmm. right, for women. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about exploring this conversation because I'm, I'm just curious about what men don't know, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. should. Um, but I'm also more curious about women's experiences as a whole because, you know, I know that they're different from one space to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we dive into that, you know, we got the crew with us. Mm-hmm. Ladies, how are you? Good. We're good. We're good. We're good. So are we, are we doing soft introductions, hard introductions? What are we doing? I think soft because we, we have an expert here. Softcore or hardcore? <laughs> really pick. let the people know who she is. All right. So soft introductions. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who, you're starting. You're supposed to start. I didn't know that was concrete. <laughs> soft introduction. So hi, my name is Amira. I love cats, the color purple, and I love sex. <laughs> Was that soft enough? That's soft enough. Okay. <laughs> now we're getting harder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now without consent. My name is Reese, and uh, I like cats and dogs and okay. the color coral. <gasps> coral is a sexy color. Mm-hmm. I would not have thought of that. What is coral? What is that? It's, it's a mix salmon. of pink and orange. Okay, let's get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm Dr. Ashley Anderson. Red is my power color. Mm. I'm not wearing it today. Power. On oh, your lips, sort of. You are sort red of. in the lips. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I like it. Red energy. Um, I like all animals, but I have none because I have two small children that are four That's and five, enough. and that is enough. Their animals are four and five. Yeah. That gotta be fun. Mm-hmm. Well, my favorite <laughs> color is purple and orange. I like that coral. I have to borrow that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ten percent. You said ten percent. Ten percent. You're always. <laughs> you're going to be my manager. Trying to get people paid. Yeah, you are. You're always looking out for my well-being financially. <laughs> and today we have Denisha Moore with us, who is a licensed counselor um, and certified sex therapist. I get to sit next to a sex therapist. I need but do you get permission to slap me? I will let you know. All right, done. Ah, yes. She's gonna fit right in. Will you tell the audience that doesn't exist here, but that's listening or watching who you are, what you do, what what populations do? What does a sex therapist actually do? Oof, okay, that was like 12 questions, so let me try to convince it. Let me try to convince it. Um So, uh, first of all, a sex therapist is a psychotherapist, right? So, a a talk therapist first. Uh, So, a lot of times when people hear sex therapy, they get really curious about, like, wait, 
are you touching? Are you giving? Like, what's happening in the room mm. in sex therapy? And the answer is that no, no touching ever happens. Uh, but we get into, we dive into all things um, sex, sexuality, sexual wellness, pleasure, like all these beautiful, wonderful things. Um, navigation of things like consent, which I'm so excited to talk about with you all today. But um, but yeah, so I am a licensed professional counselor, associate, and certified sex therapist here in Louisville. Um, I work primarily with the uh, LGBTQIA plus community. I work a lot with um, consensual non-monogamy and ethical non-monogamy. Mm. Um, do a lot of work with like really just figuring out different relationship structures and like what works for people. Mm. Because a lot of times we really are kind of bought into like narratives that we are sold about what yeah. relationships should look like, what sex should look like. Um, and I'm really about like disrupting all that, those scripts and really coming in and figuring out like, Disrupted. let's explore what we want, right? Like, right. what do you want for yourself, for your relationship? What's going to bring more pleasure into your life? Um, and, you know, let's talk about some ways of, you know, communicating when things are not going well, too, mm-hmm. when it comes to sex. Because that's something that a lot of people, particularly women, struggle with communicating, right? So, uh, yeah, that's just a, that's a little bit about, about what I do. I love we're, we're I'm just going to jump in and, and we can just we're just going to have a cool, I don't know if it's a round table, but let's just let's just dive in. It's I'm a semicircle. It's a semicircle. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, though. <laughs> What what does what does consent look like? So I, off, before we started talking, and we talked about this in our in our review, mm-hmm. you know, someone once said to me that men should teach men consent, mm-hmm. and I always thought that's kind of strange. I think women should keep, teach men consent and boys consent because who's going to better understand that relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're also in the LGBTQ plus, so that, I think that's a, that may be a different dynamic dynamic as well. So what does what does consent look like? Yeah, that's a really great question and and one that is, um, it's very involved, so I'm going to try to keep it nice and succinct. Um, But consent starts with just an exchange of permission giving and receiving, right? And, And the thing about it is that we, consent is a part of our everyday life in and outside of the bedroom. Agreed. Yeah. And it, one of the things that comes up a lot for me in our work is that kids, when they're really little, kids are actually good at mm-hmm. consent about communicating. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, them motherfuckers yeah. are so honest, and I appreciate them for that. They like. are. They are. <laughs> so when something feels good, they, they will let us know. When something does not feel good, they will let us know mm-hmm. until they learn not to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way that kids learn not to communicate looks a lot like the kind of comments that they get when they share their experiences or when they make a request to like, hey, don't like, don't touch me. Mm-hmm. And somebody says, hey, that's grandma. Don't, don't talk to her like that. That's rude. Go give her that hug. Go give her that kiss. Yes. Yeah. We just touched on that actually mm-hmm. in the prior episode. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that, so that breakdown for kids is it really comes from adults. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. we, we lead them and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, it's begins to die down. Mm-hmm. The socialization process begins. Yes. Exactly. Okay, honey. Time to tell you about social contracts and normalization and, you know, where to go from here. Yes, hug grandma when she wants a hug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So how do we how do we begin to correct that relationship? Because, I mean, consent, as we're talking about sex, mm-hmm. ultimately comes into 
sexual assault, right? Mm-hmm. Or it could lead to that. Mm-hmm. But how do we how do we begin to teach a consistent, safe, kind of empowered space mm-hmm. um, for our kids and uh, and us as adults? Because mm-hmm. some of us, I mean, if we've made that shift, um, like I'm always constantly asked permission. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's the world I live in. Definitely in video production, or I'm constantly micing people. And you know, for me, it's like you know. Can I do this? Is mm-hmm. this okay? Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't get that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I think it starts by really teaching that, first of all, our bodies are our bodies and our space, mm-hmm. right? So from very young ages, right, um, really giving kids the permission to, um, like, not do things with their bodies that they don't feel good to them and not allow other people to impede into their personal space and accept that as just okay, which happens a lot of times because of things like this is a bigger person, this is a grown up, right? This is a person power who has power. and authority. Power mm-hmm. and authority, exactly. So starting from, I mean, I, I have three kids myself, mm-hmm. and um, what are their ages? Yeah, my son, the oldest, is twelve. And then I have an almost 10-year-old daughter and an almost 7-year-old daughter. Oh, okay. wow. Okay. okay. So, yeah, this is something that even before I came into the sex therapy space, I've always been so conscious about what am I teaching and what are they learning, even just from watching me. Yeah. Right? So um, we even with hugs and kisses, when they were little, like before they could like verbally say yes or no, I would wait for their body language. Are they reaching out for me? Mm-hmm. Right. All those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, it, start, it starts with normalizing that we don't have to give we don't owe our body experiences to anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think another thing that is important is that we really normalize the fact that consent is it is, it's not, it's not just this like litigious kind of thing. There's this negative narrative, I think, that comes out around consent a lot where people think like, I just got to do this in order to like not get in trouble or I don't want some girl to say I did this or do that yeah. or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of narrative around it. Mm-hmm. But really consent is an opportunity for connection, y'all. Mm-hmm. Like consent is an opportunity for us to participate in this getting to know each other mm-hmm. process, for us to be able to build trust with each other. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, can this person respect when I like don't want to go to that pizza place? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like little things like that that start to let us know, is this a person who is going to be safe for me in any context, Mm. but especially in the bedroom? Mm. So interesting how Mm. like, you know, our previous episode, we talked a lot about safety. We talked about intimacy. And I feel like that's really what you're describing there is creating a space where um, people feel free and comfortable being themselves, asking for what they want and, you know, being able to receive that. So that's really beautiful. I'm just wondering, like, so let's say in a non-consensual way, something occurs, right? Mm -hmm. This creates some level of trauma or, you know, some, some nuance in a person's life. But specifically for women, mm-hmm. um, like I've realized that for women that I've known who were assaulted in some way or had this occurrence, they kind of go into isolation. They don't want to talk. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's a series of experiences that they go through. Can you describe what that is? And then how, do you, how does one recover from that? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's such a good question. Um, you know, when something happens to us that wounds us deeply we have to figure out any way that we can to feel safe and protected oh yeah Mm -hmm. 
And so for a lot of people, the only way they know to feel safe is to go inward and away from the world because now the world is dangerous. Mm, This bad thing happened. And and even in a lot of cases, you know, I might have been like blamed for that bad thing happening. I might have been, you know, somebody might have tried to tell me that that bad thing didn't actually happen, right? All this stuff. And so uh, for a lot of people, the safe place feels like, inside. I don't talk about this. I, maybe I pretend it didn't happen, but I definitely get away from people because mm-hmm. now I don't know who's safe and who's not safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, in terms of like, what does it look like to um, start to build safety around being able to come out of isolation once you've gone through something like that. I think it's a whole lot about like having community and having community that talks about and normalizes Mm -hmm. that, you know, this is stuff that happens each and every day. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole lot of people out here, a whole lot of people Mm -hmm. who are ready to show up and show love for people who have gone through some of these types of things. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, that's, I think that's a really big part of it. You know, I sit, I'm a therapist. I sit in an office one-on-one, but I spend maybe one hour a week with a person and there's the rest of the entire time where they might feel alone. They might feel scared. They might not know what it looks like to feel safe in their body again. And just being able to connect with other people who are not saying like, you know, just demand it, like come in with all the questions, right? Well, are you sure? Like, what about this? What about that? Because that's not helpful. Right? Not at all. But having people come in with, with love and support and like, sis, I'm here. We can talk if you want to talk or not talk, but you're not alone. Mm-hmm. That is so important. You mentioned community and a lot of um, survivors I've found working in assault services or sexual assault advocacy find community in the BDSM community, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people would think, would that not be more traumatizing if you've gone through this traumatic experience? However, they talk about this idea of if if you're involved in the BDSM community or if you know anything about the BDSM community, they are really, really big on consent. Like consent is always at the forefront of everything that they do. Mm -hmm. And so what the survivor finds safe about that community is that that is the forefront. I went from a sexual situation where I had no power to a sexual situation where I have all the power. Mm-hmm. And that's whether they're in the community as a submissive mm-hmm. or in the community as a dom- dominatrix or oh, a do- yeah. a, the, the dominant like kind of force in the relationship. Mm-hmm. It's just that they have that agency. Absolutely. I, it's not that I don't like being submissive or like the part of that experience was that I was submissive mm-hmm. or I was being dominated, mm-hmm. but it's that I find safety in that choosing to be submissive or I find safety in the choice to have somebody dominate me. Do you find that as well in the community? Absolutely. I mean, and and the thing is, is that it's it's such a good point. Um, There are a lot of people who will think that if you are a part of the BDSM community, it is only because you come from a background of sexual trauma, which is absolutely not the case. Yeah. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. It's so true. Um, But there is a lot of joy and pleasure to be found. Yeah, that's where I came in on it. Yes, not the whole. other side. So when you were saying that, I was like, oh. There's, there's, there's pleasure <laughs> in, like, 
having choice. Absolutely. And if you yes. choose, if pain is pleasurable for you and you're choosing that. Yeah. You run that whole different. situation. Yeah. 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 It is. That mm-hmm. that self, that, like, that empowerment, that yes. agency you're empowerment. talking about. Yeah. Like that ability to look over and be like, now stop. Mm-hmm. You know, or like whatever. And it, it can be so healing. It mm-hmm. really can. When done, when done right and well and all of that, it's beautiful. Yeah. But, but in that community about constant consent, Yes. Right. That's the whole journey. That's like whole... nothing happens without approval. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and the more extreme you yeah. are, that's why they have safe words mm-hmm. and they create all. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was yeah. my thought when it came to consent, at least in that community, because it's. I feel everyone has a kink. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was actually told that everyone has a kink. It's like a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But in that community, more things that aren't the norm are being explored, which mm-hmm. like the pain, pleasure, kind of tolerance situation. Mm-hmm. And with that, hell yeah, you need, okay, oh, oh, stop, okay. Yeah. You know, I was pulling off, like yeah. you need that shit. Yeah. So that was yeah. my thought process coming to that, like, oh, hell yeah, like oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I need a stop word. Mm-hmm. Someone said pineapples earlier, classic, <laughs> very classic. classic. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Hart, like definitely pushed the BDSM community. Oh, sure it. It. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking about safe words before that. <laughs> You know, and now everybody knows what pineapple like is. Me, yes. yeah. So that that's actually great and how media. But yeah, I like the the whole community is about consent all the way through. Mm-hmm. Not just let's talk about it before we oh, start. Yeah, right. But yeah. even in the even midst, at, you yeah. can change your mind. That mm-hmm. is such a. I'm so glad you brought that mm-hmm. up because that is that is one of the biggest like myths and, and misconceptions around consent. Is like okay, we talked about it at the beginning. Everybody mm-hmm. said yes, and then it's done. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. Oh, I can't stand no, that shit. No, no, no. <laughs> but you was down five minutes ago. Well, I was five minutes yeah, ago, and it's what? five minutes later, and things this is have a no. changed. Yeah, things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> and they do change. And not only do things change, like in the, things change with context. Mm-hmm. Things change with how my body is feeling that day. Mm-hmm. Me agreeing to have sex with you doggy style yesterday has nothing to do with what we have going on today. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm right. saying? I might not be in that space. And mm-hmm. so the assumption that, yeah, that one initial conversation like, check, we can do that. No, it is an ongoing process, mm-hmm. just like check-ins are. Check-ins, yeah. and that is, you know, check-ins is something, if, if people aren't already doing it in, uh, in their sex life, lives, I really encourage people to get creative about what check-ins look like because it doesn't ha- it can be sexy oh, y'all yeah. can you talk more about that because i uh, i work true. at L mm-hmm. and i work in sex education mm-hmm. and a lot of the college students are like i want to you know i don't want to harm anybody yeah. and not get consent but what are the ways you do it besides filling out a contract and saying like i don't want to stop in the intimacy part and Mm -hmm. how do you make consent look sexy yeah yeah oh that's a good question can you make it sexy i think you can it's just can we explore that (laughs) no 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 no. Um, i mean what would sexy consent look like sexy sexy consent somebody coined that y'all that's really yeah honestly reese kind of said it first okay all right listen Listen, i'm on it i got you but like if you were in a situation and you needed to communicate consent what's the sexy way you could do it or what's the sexy way you'd want it communicated to you um so i think my goal would to be i think my goal would be to still 
show, like, I'm interested, I'm mm. turned on, mm-hmm. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. However, what you rapping with right now ain't it, but let's figure it out. So maybe still communicating with my body language, mm-hmm. the tone in my voice, mm-hmm. maybe whispering the ear a little bit. Yeah. You're talking about where to put your hands, yeah. a little small in the back, even maybe a back Whispering is sexy. It is. Yeah, it is. whispering is sexy. It I is. think that's a good way to get across your boundaries, but still let them know, like, this is still ongoing process mm-hmm. and I'm down 100% mm-hmm. just not in the way in which you just presented just now so oh, let's yeah. come to a, a collaboration or a, like a like a conclusion together so this works out for one another I feel like a lot of people are impatient when yeah. it comes to that mm-hmm. and you know they just see it as a rejection mm-hmm. or a like oh I'm just trying to get the pussy or something like that mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like it's transactional. Yes, yeah. exactly. There's but, a lot of ego wrapped into it, too. Yes. Especially for women. And I forgot who I was having this conversation with. It might have been the makeup artist. Shout out to Tamika. But um, <laughs> about how, you know, if you're not pleasing a person, mm-hmm. then you're just automatically going to the spiral of, I'm not doing it right. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to know how to do it right. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're going to go and talk about me if I'm not doing it right. So that's also hard when you're trying to talk about consent and it's um, valid. working it out. I feel like that fear comes from experiences mm-hmm. and stories and mm-hmm. people's, other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. So it is a thing. So it's valid. So how do we get past that? Like, yeah. How do we move forward in ourselves, at least with not taking those situations so personal mm-hmm. to the point of us being able to also evolve with our sexual partner, whoever mm-hmm. that is, and within ourselves, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Donisha, I wanted to ask about kind of um, the tail end of Miguel's question regarding healing, mm-hmm. right, and the healing journey after you've experienced something where there's been some sort of invasion of your consent. Because on my end of the spectrum, I see that in the health and wellness space. It's mm-hmm. like someone comes in for the first pap smear in they should have probably done it 10 years ago, but they've mm. had some sort of trauma in which yeah. that intimate space is no longer safe. Mm. So um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts surrounding how to navigate people in that space. Because for me, it's constant asking for consent, mm-hmm. telling them in advance what's going to happen, and mm-hmm. also giving them the permission to say stop, mm-hmm. or I need a break, mm-hmm. or actually I don't want to do this today. Mm-hmm. So I think um, from the side that I see giving people space to be vulnerable, to say, you know what, I had this thing happen to me before, so I'm uncomfortable in this space. And I I feel like that's a big part of the healing journey, Um, but I'm definitely interested to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, Yeah, no, I absolutely, all those things. um, You know, I think a lot of times people forget to ask the question, like, what do you want this experience to feel like? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what is that outcome? Because a lot of times we focus on the specific acts, mm-hmm. right? Like the things that we are doing. But if I'm dealing, if I'm, if I'm talking to somebody who I know has gone through, um, you know, sexual trauma, negative sexual experiences, or, and, or who just have these negative scripts around sex, mm-hmm. right? Like these stories yeah. about what it's supposed to be. One of the first things I'm going to want to invite them to share with me is like, tell me how you want to feel during this, Mm -hmm. right? Do you want to feel treasure? Is it about Mm -hmm. gentleness for you? Mm -hmm. Do you want to feel sex? Like, tell me about like what experience you're wanting to take away from the process of sex Mm -hmm. Um, and inviting that comfort and you sharing back the same 
to just kind of get a bigger, a more granular picture about, you know, outside of the specific moves that we're, we're doing, how can we check in on making sure that we are um, following, like we're reaching the goals that we want in terms of that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's really, really important. And, you know, I think that being able to honor somebody's like sense of hesitation and nervousness after Mm -hmm. trauma is so important and honoring it with grace Mm -hmm. is so important which I know can be hard because to your point people lose patience people start to feel personally attacked yeah what do you mean you don't want this that means you don't want me yeah like all all those kinds of things um so that's another kind of part of the conversation um you know which is like how do I accept like a no or not right now or not that way um, in a way that doesn't shut me, the partner, down and that still, like, that feels connected, mm-hmm. if right. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that you bring up a good point of understanding that it's not about you. Mm-hmm. Like, it, we all have our own ways of coming to this moment and we've all yeah. had different journeys and experiences and coming to this moment. Mm-hmm. And so it's more about something that's going on with the other person and not necessarily that you're not attractive or you mm-hmm. are not sexy enough or you're not turning them on. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So I'm curious, how do you, how, how, would, how would women, and this is for everybody, I guess, want men to explore this type of conversation, right? So if it's not happening, whether it's, it's in the relationship or it's a new relationship, wherever that level is, how, what do you want from men to know? What do you want them to do to begin to engage like this? <sighs> Don't be such a quiet picture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think it's it's something that we don't think about a lot. So that's a good question. I think it's why we all got quiet. Of like, how do so you say? So my that? experience for with 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 heterosexual men, like it's always like the goal is to nut. Like mm-hmm. that's the goal. The goal is how we gonna get there. Very rarely has any one of them paused to. Let me take some time on you and pleasuring you or asking you what feels right here or there. Or they think they know it all. And so I'm giving instruction because I've experienced that orgasm and I'm like, <laughs> gotta go I know like how this. to write. <laughs> exactly. So I'm, now I'm giving the instruction, but you're not listening. Hello. Okay. Just stop the whole process. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the ego, mm. the, um, and the ego as far as like, I am man. I know what to do just rightfully for the fact that I have a penis Mm -hmm. and that is what has been inscribed into me all of my life. You know what I'm saying? Um, It don't necessarily matter what she got to say because I'm going to put it down and she's going to love what I got going on, et cetera. So I don't know. So maybe dropping some ego there, having a little bit more openness to criticism, not taking it personal. um, Those are just a few steps. (laughs) <laughs> I would say I would like more of the communication in the mm-hmm. moment instead of relying on, well, they're moaning, so they should, it probably feels good to them. Or mm-hmm. they are still here. They haven't got up and got out of the bed, so it probably feels good to them. More of just like that check-in that you were talking about during and not after. Because what I see a lot is the checking in after. Like, well, how was it for you? And it's like, it's over now, so what does it matter? Like, right. you know, if I didn't have it. You're not saying if you got to ask, it didn't happen. Right. <laughs> but, but also on the flip side, I think that all people 
should be more honest about what's pleasurable. Because yeah. the reason they to do rely the on, yeah. yeah, the well, she's moaning so it was okay is because women have that, get taught to just moan even if it's not great. Yeah. And we should stop doing that too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. I yeah. have had a moment where I just had to stop a chick. Come here, baby. Let's just cuddle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just had to stop mm-hmm. her. Did you have the conversation yeah. of why? No. Yeah. yeah. I was younger. I hear a lot of women. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I, I just hear from a lot of women of like, well, they were bad, so I just didn't have sex with them again. And I'm like, well, they're never going to get better if, if we don't, don't tell us. talk about it, yeah, sure. have the conversation. Yeah. And you don't have to do that with every, if you Look, if you're not invested in the person that you are having that exchange, Someone that sexual exchange, it's not that you, you know, have to go into all this stuff. But if you're talking, if we're talking about a relationship that you're in or even just a person that you have built safety and connection with and mm-hmm. you would like to continue that's to who the fuck I want to talk to if yeah. I don't keep sleeping with your yeah. ass like, I'm just on yes. the same page that's who you talk to yeah, you don't talk to, to me too don't let this just be a one way street and now you call me nagging and shit and I'm just like well if I ain't getting off I ain't getting off right. Right. Yeah, that's I'm sorry I'm you get off no matter what but <laughs> yeah yeah no no and the assumption too I think also you know y'all Porn fucks us up in a lot of ways. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Have you hurt oh, our mouths? That's a dollar in the swear jar. I'm sorry. Hey, right, you got five dollars in the swear jar. Oh, y'all about to make bank off me. <laughs> <laughs> that's my bad. But, but, it, but it's true. But it, but it's true. And when it comes to, I love what you were saying about you know this idea of well, if she moans, then it means she's enjoying it. Yeah. We see we see these things and we learn that's what I'm supposed to do in sex, regardless exactly. of. What Everywhere, yeah. even in mainstream television. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes. they start moaning immediately. Yeah. Immediately. <laughs> Girl, I know what happens. Yes. And ain't nothing happening. Yeah. Yes. So, part of that, so we, we've got a couple of minutes before we got to wrap up. Oh, so, this oh, was so, so good. So, as you stretch it to mainstream media, part of that we have to understand that sex sells, right? And so, mm-hmm. we're, yeah. we're actually threading all the, all the levels of attractiveness, right? That's why there's certain voices that you hear consistently because they're on a frequency that we identify as attractive. Right. So moaning also is a, is another sensory space, but mm-hmm. we'll leave that to the sex therapist to break all that down. <laughs> I th- I, so I think it's important, like when we're, when we're having this conversation and we're looking at all the things and all the spaces, who is out there making decisions for mm-hmm. us, right, in order for a currency to be exchanged? Because that's what mm-hmm. a lot of it is about. But bringing it back to us personally, Right. And who women are, what people are facing, both in heterosexual and homosexual relationships or bisexual relationships mm-hmm. in, in the consent space. I, mean, I love what you're saying in the sense that we have to have more communication. Right? Yeah. It has to be yeah. open. You know, women have to be honest about where they are in the space or, or spouses, period, because men lie, too. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, men, men face a thing. But mostly what we want to do is be in a space where we are not doing harm yeah. to mm-hmm. our mates, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. we also want to teach our children at a level where they're not doing the same thing, mm-hmm. right? And we're not perpetuating the pain and trauma mm-hmm. that we've gone through, yeah. right? Right, uh, so right. I'm, 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 you know, so as we get ready to wrap up, like, I love this. I think we could be here for about three or four more hours. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe we do this a little bit again. I, I want to hear Part two. how we create safe spaces, right? Mm. If So how do we create safe spaces? How do women... Right, articulate that 
Because, mm. you know, and you guys got silent when I said, how do you teach a man? And I think men need to learn it. And men I finally have an you. answer for you. No. Yes. yes. Let's go. Don't go. We was really just waiting on you. Answer for all of us. I'm like listening, trying to put it together. But I would say if there were something to that I'd want men to know in terms of navigating this space, it would be to come with a posture of service. Mm. Oh. Because if you are coming into the sexual space and intimacy space seeking to serve your partner, mm-hmm. it's, it's always going to work out wonderfully. Mm-hmm. But if you're coming seeking solely your own pleasure, then it's, it's not going to be a pleasurable experience for one party, maybe not both. So, mm-hmm. so you're basically asking them to come into the experience like a woman comes into the experience. Because yeah, no, we, <laughs> we like, do we match with that. energy, please. Right. Yeah. Like, you know? So if you want to know how to do that, go ask a woman. Get <laughs> a sex therapist. Oh, it's not just about being a better lover. Mm-hmm. It's really about being a better person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Say that again. Good people. Mm-hmm. Can, <laughs> it's not, I don't Say, repeat just nothing. Yeah, right. It's about being a better person. So many t shirts. We come up with so many t shirts. I think about my daughter all the time and you know, as she's growing and what her relationships are be and that's my biggest concern is that she's going to meet some idiot um, who's going to try to dominate her or she's going to fall head over heels for some fool and give her power away mm. right and and you know some people might be mad that I say that because I, I believe a lot of times when people are trying to take your power we release it mm. and if we take the time to hold it back and mm. fight for what is ours you know what I mean now don't get me wrong <gasps> but we're strong the they you know? they scheme and connive for yeah, it yeah they do mm. all That's people do but you know so getting it to a place where we're healing mm. and we can we can get in safe spaces we can build intimacy with each other um what are what are three things as we wrap out wrap mm. up that folks can do women can do whether it's teaching other women teaching themselves and definitely teaching their mates mm. I'm always going like to be multifaceted questions. I know. Loaded questions. As we wrap up, episode. give us a dissertation right. about that. <laughs> this is the. This is your. Do you practice. want that from us? Yeah, you or start from. So, all right, yeah, let's do. Let's do. Uh, I'm done for today. Like, I literally. <laughs> so, I, it so took 30 me the seconds. Send your invoice. Is that a win? Of ways to make it safe. To make it safe, more intimate, and that things that women can teach women and ultimately teach men. I feel like, and I hope there's a a different perspective of mine, um, but I hope that, um, I mean, you start with within first. Like, you got to start with having those understandings and conversations and, like, boundaries and things with yourself. So to teach another woman or a man, like, you got to get it down first. Um, I don't know if this helps, but this is why I'm hoping for another perspective. So I'm starting with the... Within first, and then how do you translate that or get that out to anyone, any party around you? Mm-hmm. Because, again, I just feel we're so behind individually in understanding ourselves and our needs and advocating for ourselves, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, when the chick, I was like, come here, I'm going to just cuddle. Like, yeah, I don't want the responsibility. Like, if anything, maybe letting her know, like, yeah, you could move to the left a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't really know. Um, that was my perspective right there. Uh, showing up in the best way, prepared on your own first, I guess. 
Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. That works. <laughs> yeah. that works. I would say um, start with trying to be honest about at least one thing every day. Oh, that's mm. And if that's you can good. do that and then build upon that, and that's in all areas of your life, not just mm. being honest about one thing in the bedroom every day, but try to be honest completely about one thing every day and build upon that. And eventually you'll be honest about hopefully 95% of the yeah. time. And that includes when you're being intimate. That's yeah. good. Action goals. I like that shit. Yes, that is so good. I love, mm-hmm. I love both of those things. And I think, you know, I, I want to feed a little bit off of something that you said, and then actually both of y'all. Um, and that is like the process, the importance of getting to know ourselves, mm. our limits, our boundaries, yeah. and also like where our joy is within our body. Because it's so easy to get very separated from our bodies and what feels good as women. Absolutely. Because our bodies are like these commodities to all of these different things, yeah. right? And, and we're seen so often as like objects of all these things, right? Oh, Desire, yeah. right? Like we're supposed to. So, so I think giving ourselves permission to get curious and explore ourselves, I, I think is a huge part of it. Yeah. Um, I think also like, Getting comfortable with discomfort. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because how else do you grow? <laughs> that is, and that is it. Like we really want, we want so badly for things to be like. I just want to be able to talk about this and like not feel comfortable or not worry about the awkwardness or not, you know, all of these things. And like the reality is that it is uncomfortable sometimes, mm-hmm. especially in the beginning, as we are trying to build muscles around this, mm-hmm. around talking about it, around gracefully accepting a no without thinking that that's a whole attack on my character, right? Yeah. Um, that that yeah. part is really, really important. Some distress tolerance, right? Like, I can okay. tolerate this. Yeah. And you don't have to be perfect <laughs> and you at don't, it. And that don't. might feel um, uncomfortable. Absolutely. Even the not, the fumbling around. Absolutely. But that falls in sex is uncomfortable it sometimes. Is. And the fumbling around. Yes. So, and yeah. it's messy. And sometimes we do mess up and we do have to go back and be like, you know what? I recognize that that moment was not good for you. Yeah. And like, let's talk that through. Right. Acknowledgement. That is so important. I mean, we could, this really, I mean, there's a lot, but those are, yeah, I think some of them. We're going to need a part two. We're going to need a part two. Part two of this. Yeah. Yes. Denisha, how do we find you? Uh, so I'm not a huge social media girly. I'm trying to get Good. myself together on that. No, I do. I do. Will y'all help me? Oh, you need a sex talk. You need a sex talk. Okay, I condone okay. that. But yes. other than that, you don't need a damn TikTok. Yeah, I'm not really into that. Um, but you can find me online. My website is www.morecenteredconnections. M O O R E um, centeredconnections.com, mm-hmm. and you can find out information about me, my services. Um, and you know, hopefully if you're interested, feel free to reach out, but this community is so important. So I know that therapy is not accessible to everybody. That's yeah. a huge barrier, mm-hmm. right? So, um, even just having these kinds of dialogues y'all is, is incredibly important. So I hope we continue to do some of that too. Oh, yeah, you are, you are, you are, you are, our sponsors say that we are going to continue to do that. <laughs> right. Right. So, this is episode three. This has been good. Uh, hopefully it's been educational. So if you're listening, um, please tap, send us some comments. If there are things that we didn't cover that you'd like to hear, um, let us know if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook or wherever you, you see us at. Um, again, shoot us a comment. Uh, let us know what you like, didn't like, and uh, like 
subscribe, ring a bell, do all those fun things. <laughs> and other than that, this is Comic Combo. This is Let's Talk About Sex. And we will see y'all in the next episode. This program is supported by the Health Equity Innovation Hub at the University of Louisville. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the funder.